trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. I am so glad you could join us today. This is going to be one you're going to be talking about for a while because I've got some information coming your way that you will not get from very many other sources. I mean, you might be lucky, but uh, today you are in the right place. Our program is brought to you in part by MonticelloCollege.org, also by the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage and LifesavingFood.com. There's a link to every one of these sponsors in the show notes, which you can find at the BrianHydeShow.com. Now, this is kind of the tricky part. First of all, I want to welcome my guests, who I am going to be addressing by pseudonyms. So to John and Stephanie, I welcome both of you to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. And th- we have to have some anonymity here because uh, there, the, the information we're going to be talking about, I, I don't know if we could, could strictly call this whistleblowing, but it's information that is being controlled or is being kept from the public that nonetheless is important. And and before we get into the meat of what we're going to be discussing, um, Stephanie, since, since a lot of this hinges on things that you have seen and experienced firsthand, I want to ask your motivation. Why is it important that we get this message out to the public? Because I'm a nurse and I was taught to not harm people and to let and to keep people safe. Okay. I just I want people to I know anytime someone challenges the dominant narrative, the first thing some are going to do is question, well, what's your motivation? You know, what kind of an axe do you have to grind? I, I would say if there is information that's being kept from us that would be useful to know or helpful to, to help us avoid error, then that would be good information. And, um, John, I'm going to ask you if, if you would set the stage for us about what we're going to talk about here in the next segment or two. What We're going to talk about things that are related to the COVID vaccine. And and the way that uh, that the data and information is is uh, um, processed before it's it's fit for public consumption. But um, help us set the stage about about what we're going to hear about here. Sure, um, we're going to talk about uh, Stephanie is a, a nurse in the Utah community, and she's coming out basically because most people are afraid to come out. And the tidal wave of false information or the tidal wave of, let's just call it information, the tidal wave of information coming from our leader, our leadership, whether it's our clergy, whether it's our state representatives, whether it's our government, is so big of a tidal wave that the smaller voice can't be heard, the truth can't be heard. That's happened a lot in our society. So when Nurse Stephanie came out and mentioned this to myself and our group, we're like, we need to get this out there. This is important. We hear little snippets out there and the social media gurus are always like fact checking and saying it's false. There's no way right. The COVID sign pops up. It can't be. But we're going to share some truth out there that really is factual information that's ha- happened to uh, herself in the medical field, multiple hospitals, um, myself and my family, and just some facts that have been coming out over the last 10 to 12 days, even through the CDC and things like that. That's what this is about. Okay. 
All right, uh, Nurse Stephanie, let's uh, let's have you uh, start from the beginning. Tell us about what uh, what you came to talk about today. Where would you like me to start? Just things that I've witnessed. Yeah, there. For instance. Um, Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, vaccines because uh, I know a week ago, um, leadership of the LDS Church uh, did a they did a press release and it really strongly encouraged people. You know, get the vaccine. They talked about it being safe and effective. And I know uh, personally, I got a, I had a lot of cognitive dissonance <laughs> as I read that release. I was like, oh man, there's things here that just don't add up. But but there's a narrative out there that says you can't question this. It's it's like John was just talking about. There's there are fact checkers, there are misinformation, you know, catchers that want to stop anything that challenges that narrative. Tell me what you have seen that uh, would would give legitimacy to people saying, "Hold on. Are we sure we really know what all the effects are of of this vaccine?" Okay, so I was an observation nurse. Um after somebody had got the vaccine, um, usually, so the protocol for somebody after they get the vaccine is 15 minutes after they receive it, if they don't have any side effect, if they don't have any underlying conditions. 30 minutes, you wanna keep them if they have any underlying conditions. So if they have a higher risk for any um, side effects of the vaccine, that's what we do. This lady did not have any um, underlying conditions. so. Instead of 15 minutes, I thought she looked good, so I thought I'd go question her. So it was 13 minutes after she received the vaccine, I started asking her questions, and right when I started getting up to her to start asking her questions, she grabbed at her chest, tears started rolling down her eyes, and she would not answer my questions. I started asking her, you know, you know, can you speak? What's going on? And all I saw was tears and fear coming out of her face. Um, I immediately um, called for backup. We started assessing her vitals. Her heart rate was 220, which a normal wow. heart rate would be 60 to 100. Um, I, I was panicking because she was not speaking. After I started getting her vital signs, I noticed that she started becoming flaccid. That's where um, her body just started becoming limp, and she started to slide down her chair. And in order to keep her safe, I slowly lowered her to the floor. That's when I called up for backup and we immediately had um, paramedics come and we started assessing her. They came. Um, it took about maybe an hour and a half before she came to it. She sp spoke with me and told me that she, she felt chest pain and that she could not speak. She said no matter what she did, she could not speak. That is a neurological effect. Um, I witnessed that firsthand and I would deny, I'm not gonna deny what I saw. Um, I had a director from the facility tell me that the media was going to come in and that I needed to make it look good for the media. I asked her what that meant. She told me I needed to wear um, a face mask, I needed to wear goggles, and I needed to wear, make sure I wore a gown. I needed to get enough to make it look good. Interesting, the optics me, had to be right. <laughs> yeah, she also told me so I'm assuming that somebody in the public that was there getting vaccinated that witnessed what we were seeing, because they were not, um, they were all put together, like six feet apart in the chairs during a vaccine clinic. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that somebody in the public called the news media. And in order to make it look good, that's what I was told, is to do what I was told. I just did what I was told. She told me to also make sure that when you vaccinate this other nurse, just nor use normal saline. Do not use the medication. Because this vaccination was taking place on camera, correct? It was on camera. So the yeah. news media came out 
I immediately thought for sure. I told, called my somebody in my family and I told them, okay, it's going to come out. They're going to, they're going to let people know about the side effects. They're going to let, they're going to let know that this is not, it, it might not be safe for everybody. Um, when it was aired, they did not mention anything about this lady. They actually promoted the vaccine. That made me sick to my stomach. And to live in America and to see that this is going on, the things that I've seen, it's just absolutely sickening. You know, based on what you are describing as as far as, you know, witnessing this this woman's reaction, um, that would be cause enough for concern. But, um, the, you know, the media seems to have been and I'm talking the mass media, the, the corporate media seems to have been very accommodating of whatever the official narrative is and whatever the official optics are supposed to be for vaccines, for the covid protocols and so forth. You know, the masking and shield and everything did. Is it uh, would it be wrong to say you you were you felt you were being asked to mislead or otherwise give a false impression to the public? Um, when I was administering the vaccines, I did tell people I would tell them that it's a three month immunity, possibly three month immunity. It was not FDA approved. It may or may not protect you of COVID. People still, even though we told them those side of the, that those were that was on the paper they did sign for the vaccine. I had one person that told me, asked me if they could change their mind. They have them sign for this vaccine and they're telling them that it's not FDA approved. It may or may not protect you. People are still signing up for it. Interesting. Now we're, we're coming up. We're about 45 seconds from where we have to break away. Um, I, I want to ask you, generally, is it safe? I mean, how often do you see people have reactions like this? Um, I just actually witnessed a, a brain bleed. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't speak for constant um, vaccine clinics because we're not doing as many as I, as we were at the beginning. Um, we were sending emails um, and we were actually told as being nurses that we needed to watch for neurological effects. We needed to watch for myocarditis, pericarditis, inflammation of the heart, um, blood clots. Um, we're warned about this before the public. Okay, hold that thought. We're talking with Nurse Stephanie and with John. These are both pseudonyms. But I think you can agree. This is information that if it was available, if it, if it happened, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you feel better informed for knowing? Stick around. We'll be back right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I am talking today with a couple of guests who are joining my show under pseudonyms. We have John and we have Nurse Stephanie. Um, Stephanie, the, the example you gave of watching somebody have a very severe reaction to the uh, COVID vaccine. And, and somebody asked me to, to ask you, I don't know if you can tell me, what uh, what version of the, the vaccine was that the, the, this patient received? First dose. Uh, was it like Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson? I would have to look that up. I can find that out. I've given okay. out a few. 
I can look that one up. Okay, I just I just was wondering. I, I know there are a lot of people who are, are weighing, should I get it, shouldn't I get it? And frankly, I don't have a problem if somebody wants to get it. If, if, they, if they are using their informed consent, absolutely, that is their right to do so. But it sounds like there is information that's being kept from us. And, John, you referred to something called Black Label that uh, I was not familiar with, but I'd like you to explain that to, to our audience, if you would, please. Sure. And you just word, used the word informed. I love people to be able to have their agency to make their own decisions. But if you're not informed, you're not making an informed decision. So when I go get my medicine or anyone goes to get their medicine, you walk down to the pharmacy in the bag is what is called a black label. That's what they call it. And it's stapled together. And the pharmacist goes, have you taken the medicine before or do you need us to go over it? And in that are millions of the alphabet of letters that you can't even understand, but it describes the side effects. You'll get swelling tongue. uh, You can get headaches. You can get whatever. That is a black label. It gives you notification by taking this medicine. What hypothetically could happen? Nowhere on any of these vaccines have there been a black label. Is that because they're not... I'm just what laws being broken? It's it, it's criminal activity, right? That's like walking to school and I tell my kids, "Hey, if someone hands you a pill, don't take it because you don't know if it's speed, LSD, or what it is." Right? The government's going here. Take the shot; it'll cure you. Well, it's not curing anybody because we're still getting COVID post the shot. So I don't know why people would even try to take that pill or that vaccine without full disclosure. There's no disclosure going on. So that's what the black label is. Does it stem from the fact that uh, the vaccines are still um, unapproved by the FDA? In other words, they're still considered experimental? It is experimental because um, they haven't approved the first one yet. You're only, what, 12 months into this, right? And they're already getting out shot two and shot three booster. So now they're trying to push booster number three, and they haven't even perfected the shot number one. And the waterfall effect or the the, the uh, tidal wave effect that's happening is no one is paying attention to post-vaccine patients. You know, the nurse here has talked a lot and and, and she wants to disclose things. And one of them is she goes from facility to facility in Utah. So a lot of nurses are able to go facility to facility. They work, they they cross the table and they work across different facilities. Some of these facilities could be not only hospitals, they could be some kind of clinic. They could be some kind of psych ward. They could be some kind of alcoholic facility or people aftercare. But there's information that, uh, and we want to protect her and other people, myself, was there's people out there that are being shunned. If they don't take the vaccine shot, then they're not going to go get XYZ help in the facilities. So they're holding back the privilege of getting better on one side or released or whatever. And if they don't get the vaccine, you don't get this. That's criminal activity. And she is the inside uh source we have that is sharing all this i unfortunately can't tell you exactly where she works that wouldn't be fair to her and her family but it's real and it's happening and people need to open their eyes to this oh i i completely agree and i look for people who doubt oh come on you're not saying that people would hold the vaccine over someone's head and say you can't do things i was just reading today people on the donor list the organ donor list, you know, to receive an, an organ on that recipient list. They're, they're being told if you're not taking the vaccine, 
Well, then you go to an inactive status. You you can't be considered for a transplant. I've heard of a, a university this week or a college that says, okay, unvaccinated students, not only do they have to segregate themselves from the rest of the student population, but uh, they're cutting off their Internet. Apparently, yeah, if, you're, if you're not going to follow the rules and get the vaccine, you don't know Internet for you. It's terrible. You look at just what's happening in our community in Salt Lake City with uh, what Mayor Mendenhall is doing and what Governor Cox is doing, who both should resign, by the way. And we have been down at the county commissioner's office for the past three weeks fighting to not mandate our kids with masks. Right. And I'll share something is is uh, done. The lady done that is out there spewing lies. She spewed a lot. All right, we're having we're having a little lag in our internet connection here. Let the conspiracies begin. You know, I, this is this is pretty volatile information, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, my my connection with uh, with John and with Nurse Stephanie appears to have frozen. So I'm going to hang tight here for a second. We're going to see. We're we're about to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, but. Uh, I want to ask you, the listener, just humor me on this one for a moment. There we go. Okay, they're back. But here's the question I want to ask you, the listener. If you knew that there was a deliberate attempt to keep you in the dark to to any aspect of of this vaccine, would that influence your decision, you know, or or your eagerness to go and get it? And, And you'll have to answer that. I can't answer it for you. All right, John, you can hear me okay? I got you now. So 290 beds. 290 beds, 70 of them are out with floods. That leaves 220 left of those beds. Guess how many children are in intensive care? Two. Two children, God be with them, are intense are, are in the ICU. They lie. These ICU beds are not full. And the nurse can tell you she doesn't see them full. Do, do you agree? Um, ICUs are full, but they're not COVID. They're not all COVID. There are heart conditions. There are insane renal disease, um, even elective surgeries. I've actually heard that even in the summertime, uh, ICUs get a little bit uh, heavier workout because people are doing things like motorcycling and water skiing, and they're doing things that have them out and active, and they get injured. Suicides, accidents. ICUs have been full since um, I have been working in ICUs. They're always full. And they'll actually extend ICUs, but there's, there's other conditions besides COVID. I, they're, I want, not counting, they're not telling you that. Would, would your schedule permit you both staying with me for one more segment? Because you, yes. you got my curiosity peaked now, and I, I'd like to continue following up on this. I, I love the information that you're sharing. I hope the audience can appreciate. You're sharing this at considerable risk, especially, Nurse Stephanie, because um, this is the kind of – I mean – if if someone connects you to to being you know a whistleblower or or uh, you know correcting the narrative here, I mean there's a very good chance that you could pay a price for this, right? You bet, you bet. But you know what? I think um, we as patriotic people and Americans need the truth to come out. And um, if this is this obedience problem I spoke about yesterday. Is everyone's just walking in line, going yes, yes, yes. We have people in Afghanistan that are so sick and tired of that obedience thing. They're dying to come to a country which doesn't dictate those kinds of things. And there's other people in other countries, right? So we have a tyrannical 
local government and massive federal government that's trying to push the socialism segment on us. And we have to fight that. We are a free people, free people. And we need to stay that way. Oh, I, you're speaking my language now, John. I, I'm glad that the two of you have come on the show, and I know this is this is tough. And some some people may think, oh, you guys go into these these uh, you know lengths to try to keep that anonymity, but um, the the stakes are very high here. In fact, when we come back, I want to ask Nurse Stephanie a little bit about some. Uh, incentives that I have been hearing about that uh, that doctors are given to encourage patients to take the vaccine. And, uh, you know, people may say, is that just a rumor? We're going to find out just the other side of our break. We're talking with John and with Nurse Stephanie. We'll be back right after this. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, we are back. Welcome back to the show. Quick shout out to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage in St. George, Utah. Thank you for being a sponsor. Also, a shout out to LifesavingFoods.com. If you've been thinking, hey, as weird as things are getting, maybe I'm going to bolster my food storage. This is the company I would ask you to consider. You'll find links to both of them on the show notes page at thebrianhydeshow.com. I have a couple of guests today under pseudonym, meaning these are not their real names. We have John and Nurse Stephanie. And uh, Nurse Stephanie, I wanted to ask you something here. Um, I have heard from a couple of sources, actually, in the last couple of days, that uh, there are financial incentives for doctors to, uh, to push for their patients to take the COVID vaccine. Is there any truth to that? I can tell you a specific doctor told me that I work with, told me that he was actually confronted and said that if both if his patients get both vaccines, he gets $200 per person. Sweet. No, I mean, wow, that's quite an incentive. I mean, for 200 bucks a pop. Yeah, I'd I'd probably uh, I'd probably toe the line, too. Can patients ask their doctors when they're getting the vaccine? Can they say, are you in any way? compensated you know for for recommending this am i compensated personally no can can patients ask the doctor if if the doctor is is compensated for recommending the vaccine i'm sure i i i think i don't see anything wrong with them asking those questions the patients get a cookie or (laughs) but will they get a straight answer um, I think I think yes. I, okay. I believe that behind closed doors, doctors are being honest. Okay, let's let's talk for a second about uh, the statistics because I know there's been kind of a point of contention. A lot of people have been listed as COVID deaths, having died with the COVID virus, as opposed to dying from it. Um, help us make some sense of that. So what he's asking is uh, when we were talking the other day that um, some of your patients that died of cancer, natural cancer, if they got tagged with COVID okay. or renal diabetes, you had a couple patients like that. That was his question. Yes. So I actually took care of a few patients where they have told me that my patient, the first time it happened, the doctor looked at me and said, oh, we're going to mark him as COVID. I looked at the doctor and I said, uh, well, wait a minute. He 
had COVID months prior, four or five months prior, it was cancer. Doctor looked at me, laughed, said, oh yeah, yeah. But he had cancer, he had COVID before, so we're just gonna say it's COVID. So these hospitals are incentivized. That's not, that's not a myth. The hospitals get, I think the number was $34,000 per death if it marked as COVID. And I want to share something else, Brian, that came out. It's called graphene oxide. So graphene oxide, just beginning of this week, uh, and, and what I don't like to argue about is uh, hypotheticals. People can look up the word graphene oxide and find out exactly what it is. And graphene oxide, the patent is owned by who else? China. And graphene oxide has now been uh, proven to be in each and every vaccine, whether it's Moderna, no matter what it is. And that is a poison, a natural poison. And that that is in these shots. That's concerning for anyone else that wants the right to choose for themselves. That's what should be on a black label. And that's what is not on a black label. Yeah, I, I hope people understand. And, you know, maybe I'm dumb for stating the obvious here. Our goal isn't to scare people. This isn't to to make people run screaming in the other direction from the vaccines, but to insist that if if it's something that is going to be required, particularly if it's required by an employer or, you know, a, a state office or whatever, you should have the best information possible. And it sounds like um Complete information is something that, that's going to require a lot of work and a lot of digging. It's not just there for the taking. Yeah, and the problem I, problem I see, and I know Stephanie sees the same thing, is, you know, you've got, you've got these Nazi-like people with their guns up going, if you speak out, you're in trouble. Yep. If you speak out, you're going to lose your job. So many of my people in my group, my patriot group, have come to me and said, hey – I'm losing my job. They said I have to get the shot or lose my job. I mean, that doesn't even sound like America to me. That sounds like Poland. That sounds like a third world country from the 40s. I, I don't understand it. You're, I'm losing my job. I've been here 12 years. I'm losing my job because I won't get some vaccine that, that has no data of how it's going to affect me. And because it's an at-will state for work, these people are screwed. It's terrible. I have a daughter who's in nursing school right now. And, uh, you know, for a while it was, you know, the carrot, the carrot. You know, if everybody just gets the vaccine, everything's going to be okay. Be okay. But the stick has come out and she is facing, you know, the choice. Do I continue on with my education? Do I continue my training to become a nurse? Because they're making it very clear. You won't do it if you don't accept the needle. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... Stephanie can share those thoughts with people, but I have a son that's taking his course. He just got uh, his first, he's 11th grade and he's just took in some uh, Salt Lake city courses and he wants to become a neurosurgeon. Well, they're demanding he gets a shot to continue his courses. And he comes home and he goes, I'm not getting my shot, dad. I'm not going to do it. This could change his course in his life on what he's going to be. This is, that's why I'm so passionate about this. I just stand for this. I just can't stand still and watch this happen. And we all shouldn't stand still and watch this happen. We all need to be activists against this. And I'm so proud of Stephanie standing up and being an activist for this. There's something to be said, too, about being able to see the long-term effects. I mean, we are being assured by um, the narrative 
And I'm just going to incorporate everybody who's saying it's great. It's great. Get it. They're telling us, hey, it's safe. It's effective. You can trust this. Typically, how long do do they study medicines before they say, okay, we're satisfied that we've given it a thorough examination, thorough chance to see how it's played out? How long typically does that take? So it takes the FDA 10 years to study a drug before they put it out to the public. Wow. Now, I know that sometimes feels like, well, they're dragging their feet. Why can't they do this quicker? But why do they take and so long to vet after, those? Even after 10 years of studying a drug, there are side effects that sometimes are unknown. Like the drug that was produced back in the 70s called thalidomide. It was given to pregnant women for nausea. Actually took care of a patient that was an example of thalidomide. And back in those days, you could sue. So they're called thalidomide babies. They're shortened. They were born with short limbs because their mother took this anti-nausea medication while they were pregnant. Um, now they're making it so that you cannot sue because they don't know the side effects. They don't know all the side effects that this vaccine is going to cause. They do know that it's causing neurological and um, it's also causing pericarditis and myocarditis, that's um, blood clots. Mm-hmm. They do know about this, and they did know about this way before the public was informed because we were told about to watch for side effects from, from people getting this vaccine. We're- so, Brian, I got a question. Okay. I got a question. If the federal government has indemnified Pfizer, Madeira, and everyone else, right? They're indemnified. They can mm-hmm. make this poison, give it to you. They're indemnified, right? But is the LDS Church – is your employer, is the governor, are all these people indemnified when they come out and go on these posters going down the 15th freeway, take it, take it, take it. So the Romney boy here in Sandy, he took it, high school basketball player, great athlete, took it. Heaven, he might never play again. So who do his parents look out and go back for recourse? So the government indemnifies the creator of it, but is everyone else indemnified? If my boss says, you have to take this, I take it, and my kid gets blood clots, hence you're going to see class action lawsuits and some real issues coming up, I think. You can't sue. Wow. You, did you say you can't sue? They cannot sue. Wow. They cannot sue. The FDA, people that made this vaccine – they made it so you cannot sue. We were given, they were given papers before they were vaccinated. It told them that it was not FDA approved. They told them that it may or may not protect you of COVID. They were told these before they got the vaccine. And if they weren't told that, because some nurses don't go and let you know about this, they the papers are right there for us to give those those papers so that they can read them before. They made sure that you signed for this vaccine before you took the vaccine. Wow. Well, we're, we're, well, people did not do their research. We're down you to our we're it. down to our last thirty seconds here. So I just want to ask yeah. you if people want more information, is there somewhere a direction you can point them to to get better informed? I mean, these people are not stupid that are making the vaccine. You look at Johnson and Johnson; they have been sued for ovarian cancer from their powders. People are still going out and trusting Johnson and Johnson vaccine after they actually caused ovarian cancer. They're going to trust a company. Yeah, it looks, I've heard it said, you know, at least we know that there's immunity for the vaccine makers. (laughs) That's not very good. Thank you both for being on my show. Um, I'm going to stay in touch because I want to hear this message get out there. But thanks again. 
Thanks, Brian. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. And just like that, we are back. Quick shout out to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Look, if you're shopping for a home in Utah, particularly in southern Utah, first of all, that's a really beautiful place. <laughs> I'm jealous. You're, you're going to be very happy there. But maybe you've heard the real estate market is nuts right now. So when you find the home of your dreams, your financing has to be squared away now. And this is where the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage comes in. First of all, they are an equal housing opportunity lender. Heather's NMLS number is 715386. Here's the important thing. When you need to get that funding and have it ready to go now, the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage has the experience, the stability, and the clout to help you get the loan you need without delay. You can call them at 435-703-4522. Their office is at 619 South Bluff Street in St. George. Or you can always uh, drop them an email. There's a link on my show notes that will let you tell them, hey, thanks for sponsoring the program. So I got to ask, what do you think? Nurse Stephanie and John, um, I mean, this, I know for some people they're like, oh, come on now. You know, this anonymity, what do you guys think? You're in a spy novel or something. But look, cancel culture isn't just the social justice warriors. There are a lot of people right now who are finding themselves canceled or otherwise stripped of professional licensing or facing, you know, the termination of their position at work because they're not towing the official line. And and the goal here is not and has never been to make you so scared that you wouldn't even think of getting a vaccine, but it's to show you there's another side of this, or at least there's information that could give you a much more complete picture of what's going on except that information isn't convenient to, to those who, for whatever reason, are pushing this thing with, uh, with a ferocity that, uh, that is really suspect. I'm going to be very honest here for a moment, uh, not that I've been deceiving you before, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bare my chest here, so to speak, about, uh, about the vaccine. Sometimes, depending on how much news I've been consuming, I find myself getting nervous and thinking, wow, Maybe this virus really is, you know, a you know, little creeper that's going to, you know, sneak up and bite me in the rear, you know, if, if I don't get the vaccine. And I know people who have taken it and have had no adverse effects, not even the initial dose. They didn't even get feeling, you know, sick or anything. It just it was no big deal. But the thing that stops me from getting the vaccine is the fact that there are people who are pushing it so hard so furiously and it's it's big government it's big tech it's it's you know churches businesses uh, there there is there is this onslaught of pressure to get the vaccine get the vaccine and and it's turned from well we just want to persuade you this is really in your best interest to you need to do this or you're a bad person and now the shaming has begun now we're hearing talk about, you know, the, the unvaccinated need to be separated from us in society. Some people are getting, you know, downright violent in their rhetoric. Well, the reason that this pandemic is happening right now, the reason so many people are testing positive, there's never any context, by the way. The cases, the cases. How many are in the hospital? How many people are dying? Well, we're just concerned with the cases, but it's the fault of the unvaccinated. 
I don't know. That kind of pressure, the kind of pressure that would make a used car salesman, and I mean a sleazy used car salesman, go, whoa, (laughs) dial it back a notch there, champ. You're pushing too hard. You're going to turn people off like a cold shower because that's exactly what they're doing. My line in the sand is a trench because of how hard they have been pushing. And it's not because I'm anti-vaccine. I am anti-coercion. I'm anti-force to make a person do something against his or her will. Listening to the people who are being told, well, you're going to be out of job. And, you know, I saw I saw a video today from France. Police preventing people from entering a supermarket. Why? Because they didn't have their covid passport. Now, I understand, you know, if you're on the side of the fence, well, they should suck it up and get their vaccine so they can go shop for food or what? Come on, let's follow that through to its logical end or what? If for whatever reason, I don't even care if it's a good reason, someone decides it's not in my interest to get the vaccine. They deserve to starve. They deserve to be, you know, removed from polite society. I mean, if it's making you uncomfortable to hear somebody talk like this, maybe that should tell you something. Would you rather see people physically prevented the cops were absolutely physically preventing people from going to the store well why would they need to go to a supermarket anyway oh gee i don't know about three times a day i like to uh i like to feed my pie hole (laughs) but you know other than that i can't imagine why they would go i suppose they have families and since i'm on a little bit of a roll here let me just double down on on being very very blunt When you force someone into a position where they really have nothing left to lose, you've taken away their employment, you've taken away their livelihood, you've, you've separated them from family and friends, you've taken away their ability to, to feed themselves, to travel freely through the public, all without knowing that this person is some kind of a disease vector. There's no proof that this person is sick. But just to be safe, we've taken all of these things out of their life. We've forced them to live on the fringes of society, the margins. And even there, they're despised for existing because they, don't, they haven't taken the, the shot. Does that really seem like a smart thing to do? Is there anything in the world that is more dangerous than a person who has nothing left to lose? I don't know why. In in the back of my head, I think about that guy in Colorado who built himself the killdozer and welded steel armor and concrete all around his uh, his bulldozer. Because his his town leaders had had pestered him and persecuted him and and just absolutely made his life hell, destroyed his business. And in his words, he says, you know, there comes a time where reasonable men must do unreasonable things. Some people would say, oh, he was just a ticking time bomb looking for a reason to go off. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he started out as a reasonable man who found himself forced into a situation where he felt he had nothing to lose. 
and he uh, welded together his killdozer, and he went out there, and he laid that town flat. He destroyed the businesses. He destroyed the homes. The, the, I think he went after City Hall itself. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good and noble thing to do, but I'm saying when you, give, when you back a person into a corner where they really have nothing left to lose, should you be so surprised when somebody reacts in a way that nobody expected? And even with all the damage that the guy did, I think it has to be said that the only life that was taken that day was he committed suicide after his bulldozer broke down rather than be taken into custody and and made to live in a cage for the rest of his days. You understand, I'm not advocating this kind of behavior. But I'm pointing out that uh, it's it's pretty hard to just pin it on this guy and say, well, everybody was just minding their business and they were, you know, nobody nobody ever had done any wrong to him. Because I think we both know that's that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> he was he was pushed and he was bullied and he was taken advantage of by people in power. It wouldn't be surprising to see incidents like that start to happen. And maybe that's what the, maybe that's what some people want. Maybe they're they're trying to prod, you know, the unvaccinated into lashing out, you know, fighting back so they have an excuse to drop the hammer on them. I mean, well, what comes next? Come on, what's the next logical progression? You can't work, you can't travel, you can't shop, you can't attend events. You do not have a place in society. What do we do with those people? They're still not getting the shot. Seems to me that, uh, you know, there are plans out there. And by the way, these are plans from the Centers for Disease Control to contain them. Well, how are you going to contain them? Well, they have different levels of containment, of course. But one of the levels of containment that is seriously on the table are camps. Now, we can call them something like, well, they're medical containment facilities. Don't try to make it sound like something bad. Okay. Yeah, because internment uh, camp or concentration camp, yeah, that might have that might have some negative PR. So we'll call it a medical containment camp. But it's operated with the same purpose. Deny them their freedom. Deny them their humanity. They've committed no crime. But for our protection and theirs, we better keep them locked up. Come on, it's only been 80 years. Have we really forgotten? This is The Brian Hyde Show.